Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Well, welcome to Notes from the North, the official podcast of the Vikings Gazette. We're proud to partner with Vikings Territory, Purple PTSD, and Purple Territory Radio. If you're looking for great Vikings coverage, be sure to stop by these sites, and you're always welcome at the Vikings Gazette. With that being said, let's get to first down. And Kyle, there's there's been some some stuff that's happened since we last chatted a couple of weeks ago. Um, free agency has been has been making some things move here. Yeah, it's uh, it's been exciting. I, I expected the Vikings to sign one relatively top tier player. Uh, I'm surprised that they were able to do two. They they get two pretty good free agents. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, defensive tackle, and Patrick Peterson is a corner. And so the emphasis, obviously, uh, is on defense. Uh, and so you get Dalvin Tomlinson is obviously a little bit younger. I believe he's 27, and he's coming off his rookie deal. Uh, so this is exciting in that he was a second-round pick for the Giants, and I think he played a lot of nose tackle, a lot of one technique. With the Vikings, he's going to be tasked with playing three technique, which traditionally – it's going to be someone who's a little bit smaller. Uh, so Tomlinson is a little bit of an odd choice for that position, but the partnering Tomlinson with Pierce, it's going to be what would seem to be a pretty formidable pair on the interior. And it should make life easier for the linebackers. Anthony Barr and Eric Hendricks should have a lot more room to operate and, uh, and contribute. I would think both, uh, uh, you know, run defense especially, but maybe even as as blitzers. Um, so Dalvin Tomlinson, it was a surprising move in that he's not a traditional three technique, but he's one where it might actually end up working out quite well. And so I think it's exciting uh, in that he certainly seems to be someone who, you know, I watched his press conference yesterday and uh, he's a charming guy. Like he seems to have a really good head in his shoulders he was actually recruited by Harvard uh, to play, you know, to go and study there, but then also to play for the football team. And he chose Alabama instead. Um, but he's someone who uh, he's a good player, obviously, but he's also been nominated. He was the, the Giants uh, Walter Payton man of the year nominee one year. So he's super involved with his community, super involved with charitable work. He's played every single game since being drafted, hasn't missed any for injuries. So you got a guy who is, probably underrated as a pass rusher he's a very good defender against the run great character guy super intelligent he's still in the prime of his career uh, i just think there's a lot of upside with signing tomlinson and I, I think that's really exciting yeah like i think that like all the things you're saying there just seem just like key things like this is you said a younger guy um good character like i think that that's one of the things that especially with the way football teams are designed and how many people are on these teams. You, yep. you, you want to make sure you got good quality guys yep. there. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so it sounds like I, it sounds like you're relatively excited about this. Obviously it seems like it's hard in free agency to be like, this is exactly what we need for exactly the amount of money we have. And it's going to work out perfectly. There's always a risk. Of course. Or, or for the most part, I guess I should say there's usually a risk, but, but all in all, it seems like, relatively impressed with this move? I would say so. Cause I think like you're saying, there obviously is a risk and you're obviously, you're obviously worried in that to sign these guys, you need to spend big money. That that's how free agency works. 
you got a guy who's, you know, a relatively high end player for his position, who's 27 years old with great character and durability and all these things. Well, you're going to have to spend some money, but the way that they are able to structure it with the void years, he only hits the cap for about 6 million this season. And so it's, you know, they're borrowing from the future salary cap to make it easier in 2021, um, which in 2023 maybe I'll regret the decision. But right now it seems like quite a, a shrewd business move from Spielman. Uh, and I think just everything with, with Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, nothing but impressed with uh, what I've heard about him, read about him, when I listened to him talk. Uh, you know, and Spielman referred to him as the quote-unquote big prize. Like he was obviously a priority for the Vikings. And, um, and Spielman specifically mentioned, and Tomlinson mentioned this as well, in that, so yeah, he only had three and a half sacks, which actually would have led the Vikings uh, last year, apart from Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, so that's tough. Yeah, exactly. And so, but he also mentions how just the ability to disrupt the quarterback. So not necessarily getting the sack, but pushing back the guard, pushing back the center, getting into uh, the quarterback's face a little bit and making them uncomfortable, taking away room to step up in the pocket, which therefore makes it easier for the edge rushers to get home. You know, of course, everything is interconnected on defense. And so I think the Tomlinson signing may end up looking really 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 good in the end and so i'm very excited about it yeah no that's awesome that's fantastic and, and yeah that one that kind of felt like the the first big move in terms of a signing for them and then yes late in the on the wire we we got patrick peterson yeah. coming into to minnesota and doesn't feel yeah. like that was really on anyone's radar no i think that came out of left field for everybody uh i wouldn't have i certainly wouldn't have guessed patrick peterson he's definitely on the downslope in his career. I mean, he's been in the league for a decade. He was drafted in 2011. It's 2021. So 10 years on the dot. Um, but I mean, the dude was drafted fifth overall, you know, he had four, three speed when he was, which I'm sure he doesn't run a four, three anymore. Uh, but he was, you know, supremely gifted athlete. And uh, at this point, he's probably lost a step, but oh, man, he's got brings good leadership and a ton of experience. He's still, He's coming off a rough year, uh, but I would, again, I would feel somewhat optimistic just in that it's only a one-year deal. So it's not like you're married to this guy for the next three, four years, right? It's This is a one-year deal. Uh, ben Gosling from the Star Tribune was saying that's going to count for about $9 million, um, against the cap. And so it's, it's a, you know, it's a reasonably sized cap hit but again it's not a crippling number by any means and i think his ability to complement uh the other guys the young players at corner especially it's, it's i think it's gonna be really good especially since where peterson's an outside corner he's gonna allow jeff gladney just to shuffle into the slot and play just slot corner rather than having to play both the outside and the inside and so it's kind of a two-for-one deal in a sense where the hope is that you get peterson who can be a good outside corner but also will improve the slot corner play because Gladney can just focus exclusively almost on that. And so hopefully this is, has a bit of a domino effect. Yeah. Right. Cause you, you had mentioned in the last episode about how um, one of the five positions to address um, this, this Peterson signing theoretically addresses one of those. And it seems right. like, like we talked about the offensive line, the defensive line, and those are obviously things that need to um, have some improvement Yes, but and 
so I guess corner was, it felt like it was a lesser extent, but yeah, things I've been seeing, it seems like there's a lot of, like you've mentioned it, a lot of hope for Peterson in terms of even mentoring some of these young guys. Like there's some real hope for some of these young corners that the Vikings have here, but they, they're really hoping for Peterson to, to come in and, and be that mentor role. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Like he, the hope is obviously that he can play well just as an individual, just, you know, be a, a rock solid player on the field. Maybe not the elite player that he was a few years ago, but still be really good and then help to elevate everyone around him. Uh, and if he does that, then he's more than worth the $9 million that they're going to pay him. Yeah. And so, so overall cap, hit, I know you threw out some numbers here, overall yeah. cap hit that you, you would estimate for, for these two. I know there's details that are being ironed out. Yeah, it might get adjusted a little, but I think the overall cap hit for these two, for Tomlinson and Peterson, is going to be $15 million this year. Because I think Peterson's nine, Tomlinson's six. And so even uh, even with my lack of math skills, I believe that equals out to 15. Um, which, and I, I realize you're borrowing money from the future. And so it's not you know that clean cut to just say $15 million. But for the purposes of just the 2021 cap, $15 million to uh, get two impact starters uh, for your defense. Yeah, it's pretty significant. And, and as we transition a second down, I, it's almost confusing because I thought that the Vikings didn't have any money. I, I thought there, it, it felt like there exactly. was just, this was the, exactly. I don't know where it's going to come from. There's just, there's no hope. We're in trouble. Exactly. There's no money here. We're, 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 we're in trouble. Like we're yeah. not going to be able to get any big time players. And, and yeah. now we got two. So, right. So, what, what the what the heck happened there? Well, it's you know it's uh, it's not that the it's not that the salary cap is imaginary. Some some folks will say that it is. It's that's not entirely true. But the salary cap in the NFL, more than really any other league, provides for flexibility. Uh, it just you can just do so many things in order to shift and move money around, and so they're able to get actually very creative with. You know, one, they obviously just cut players, and that frees up money. Uh, they're able to restructure Adam Thielen, uh, you know, and that frees up money. And so they moved they moved money around. They were able to sign these two players. They are also able to sign um, the linebacker from Cincinnati, and then they re-signed Rashad Hill and Chad Beebe, some in-house guys. Uh, and, if, you know, they're still going to be uh, active. Now, in terms of right now, they're a little bit up against because uh, again, it's not the salary cap isn't entirely imaginary. There's, there still are restrictions in place, and obviously a structure there. It's it's tough to kind of nail down exactly where they are. Ben Gosling said yesterday or two days ago, I believe, after the Peterson signing, that the Vikings should have around seven million. But that was before the news emerged, or right around the time the news was emerging about Kyle Rudolph and his deal. So rather than an outright cut right now, they've designated as a post June one cut, which basically means that if if they had just cut him right now, let's say, the Vikings would free up about five million dollars in cap space, but they would take about four million dollars in dead money. Okay, and so they would have uh, a pretty significant dead cap hit, but you get that money right now when free agents are available. So that's one route. Right. What they've done instead is to designate it as a post-June 1 cut. And so what that will do is on, uh, I believe, June 2nd, they're going to get about $7-plus million freed up on their cap. Now, they, they, But that, 
it's not available to them right now. It only becomes available to them in June. Uh, but what that does though, is it lowers the dead cap charge and it's because it spreads it out over two years. Rather than that dead money hitting us all right now in 2021, there's going to be one, one and a half million or so hit uh, in 2021 and the other one and a half million or so hit in 2022. And so I think that Minnesota's thinking is they're going to, the reason why they're doing this, I think, is to, this will be the money that they use to sign their draft class. And so they, and, and of course, you don't want to go into a season, if so you have $182.5 million. You don't want to go into the season having spent 182.4 of, of your, you know, million dollars, you know, and then you have like $100,000 left every team more or less wants to go in with some sort of cushion, at least a couple million dollars. So that inevitably when player X goes down with an injury and you decide a veteran to come in or whatever the case may be, you have a little bit of money to, to make those moves. And so the reason why it seems that they're making this adjustment now with Kyle Rudolph is that they're going to use this money to sign the draft class and then still leave them with a few bucks to kind of go into the season, which makes sense. The only issue is that right now it leaves them with a little bit less flexibility. And so where they still have holes on their roster and they still are flirting with some of these free agents, trying to bring them to Minnesota, you get a little bit less money in the immediate. And so it seems that the Vikings, as far as I can tell, I think they probably have less than 5 million to work with right now, which isn't very much. Uh, I suspect we're going to see news of, uh, perhaps a Harrison Smith extension in the next day or two, and maybe even Daniil Hunter, uh, because I know that there's been a lot of stuff with Hunter. And I mean, there are ways, again, you shift around money, you borrow from f- future years, you convert to maybe a signing bonus or whatever you do uh, to lower money in the immediate and then kind of backload it in some way. I mean, at some point, the Vikings got to pay this money. It's just a matter of do we pay it now or do we pay it in 2023 or 2024? And I think Spielman and Zimmer and obviously the ownership are saying, okay, well, let's do it. Let's push some of this money into the future because the cap is going to be higher than, than it is now. A um, dollar means more now within the context of a $182 million salary cap than it does in 2023 when maybe it's 210 or 220. Uh, you have more room. And, and uh, so not every dollar is created equal. And so it makes sense that they're pushing some of this to the future. Right. It it feels like they're pushing a lot to the future. Yes, they absolutely are. And yeah. like it, it's like, I guess it's one of those things that you you do want to see them go all in. Like you don't, you can't yes. really, yeah. um, kind of just dip your toe in and and mess around. Like they, there's there's a plan and you want to stick to it. Um, the the Hunter and Smith extensions feel really significant in that. Like you you got to make sure you take care of the stuff on your own end before you you start looking elsewhere. It's almost like you got to take care of in-house stuff before you start trying to right. add right. Um, outside. So that, that feels, um, yeah, it feels significant. So with the limited amount of money there, what do you feel like remains? What what do you see out there that potentially could still, could right. still help this team moving forward? Well, I think so. You know, Sam, you mentioned just a few minutes ago the list of roster needs that we talked about a couple weeks back. Uh, and so we've addressed the defensive line, uh, addressed corner. Uh, and so obviously, there, you know, two of those needs have been taken care of. 
obviously the biggest need right now is on the offensive line. Uh, but then from there, you could also say that, you know, safety is a really urgent need because you'll really only have Harrison Smith, who he's still an elite player, but, you know, the guy's in his 30s now and they don't have a starter opposite him. Uh, and God forbid Smith were to ever get injured, we'd be in really big trouble. Uh, so they they will need to, for sure, they will need to sign at least one offensive lineman and at least one safety, you would think. Uh, the Patrick Peterson signing is going to make it really difficult to bring back Anthony Harris because I imagine Anthony Harris is, it's probably not going to be as big a deal as he had hoped because there are a lot of quality safeties on the market and there's not very much money available because of COVID. And so even if Harris, you know, goes for, you know, a relatively cheap deal capable to what he's capable or relative to what he's capable of, rather, he probably still is too expensive for the Vikings but perhaps the Vikings will be looking at someone. I talked about Keanu Neal today, and I know that uh, Arif Hassan actually just posted an article in The Athletic where he uh, he listed 10 players who might be uh, a decent fit for the Vikings who would be good value options. I know at safety he listed Kareem Jackson, who's with uh, the Broncos, and then Jerron Harmon, who played for the Lions but also has a history with uh, the Patriots. You know, these would be fine options. And and probably if it only costs you a couple million dollars, two, three million dollars, uh, it makes some sense to bring in a veteran safety for that price. From there, though, you really would really like to have someone who can play guard, you know, because we just we just desperately need someone. Uh, Chris Thomason just tweeted out not long ago that the Vikings apparently are one of the teams who is... Uh, in conversations with Forrest Lamp, who played for the Chargers last year, who so he could play guard. Admittedly, I'm, you know, I, I didn't watch the Chargers play very much last year, uh, so I'm not an expert by any means. But I'm not sure if I understand. I know he's a scheme fit, and that's important, but I, I'm not sure if I'm totally in love with the idea of signing Forrest Lamp. But uh, we'll see. I, I would much rather see them sign. Uh, uh, Gosh, the name escapes me now is Austin Blythe. That's what the name is. He played for the Rams. And so I think there are a couple quality interior linemen who are available, even if they happen to be maybe centers uh, as their primary position. I mean, Zimmer shuffles around his offensive line all the time. And uh, so he's going to, they're going to have to make a move here soon in these next few days, I imagine, to get an interior lineman and a safety. But uh, I suspect that unless the extension for Harrison Smith comes through in the next day or two. Um, now, we should, I should step back here and say Sam and I, we're recording this on Friday. And so this is going to come out on Monday. And so over the weekend, I'm sure some things will change. And perhaps over the weekend, there will be an extension or two or something were to happen. Uh, and, and maybe a signing or two as well. But at least from our vantage point, Friday after, late Friday afternoon, um, it's clear that the Vikings still have work to do with the roster, uh, but before they can actually get that work done, they're going to need to to free up a little bit of a little bit of cap room. Yeah, yeah, no. It um, they said lo- things are changing every day, and yeah, we're recording yeah. for afternoon. Maybe maybe we'll get to break some news, uh, or you get to see a, an instant reaction if, if something comes through the the, right, the right. wire here. But um, yeah, they're 
this is a it's a fun time and there's there's a lot of work this is uh it sounds like people people within management are busy right now um oh, yes yeah the, before we transition to third down um i did see this tweet today about uh from at r and ball on twitter i don't know if you saw this about happy kirk cousins 45 million dollar 2022 <laughs> contract becoming fully guaranteed day for those who celebrate so yep. um party time for for vikings fans yes i uh i imagine a lot of folks aren't aren't very happy with that but it's i think this has been clear that this is yeah cousins is is the man and and whether whether you you're happy with it or not he's the man in minnesota and uh so the question now is how can we actually make it work yeah yeah you know what you can you can sit there and you can look in the past and think about all the stuff that that could be but this is what you got and i was thinking actually even just yesterday i was like like you people you consistently want you're always hoping for the top five at each position and you just you can't get it and yep. to have Kirk Cousins like you see some of the, the quarterback moves that are happening around here and you see lots of the other options and um yeah we we're still we're still on the Kirk bandwagon it's not going to look good maybe in a little while but um when they win the Super Bowl this year it won't matter exactly 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 um, so you you talked a little bit about some of the holes and and obviously free agency is one of those avenues, but, but there is yeah. also the draft and there is the ability for um, the draft to help out with some of these needs that you've, you've talked about. Um, exactly. I know offensive, like you're, you're putting a lot of faith in the draft with kind of hoping that someone from this draft class can fill that. Um, I don't know if it's fair to say gaping, maybe it's, it's a gaping hole on that offensive line. Um, yeah. And so, but but there is some hope there and it's not like it's, it's completely um, unforeseeable that, that that something could happen there. But I know you said like yeah. a couple weeks ago, Spielman indicated that he was putting together his plan for the off season and suggested that his staff was evaluating roster needs and the strengths of both free agency and the draft. Um, so how do you see the free agency signings impacting the draft? And, um, and that, yeah. 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 I seen that when Spielman talked about it a little while back, less than a month ago, it's, he was kind of looking at the roster and what the roster needed to do to improve. And then he was kind of taking a holistic approach insofar as he was evaluating, okay, well, we've got, well, two primary ways of adding players to our roster and that's free agency in the draft. And so we, we identify these needs and these weaknesses and we, you know, we're therefore looking to address them. Well, how do we do that? And it's going to be one of these two avenues. And so, well, the, the proof's in the pudding The uh, the suggestion is that uh, because they prioritized Tomlinson and Peterson, the suggestion is that Spielman and his staff and Mike Zimmer and his staff looked at free agency and said, okay, there's strength on defense. Fine. And then the suggestion from there, the hint from there is that there's going to be some strength on offense in the draft. And perhaps uh, the Vikings are going to look to address those very obvious needs uh, on draft day or, or rather over draft weekend, uh, rather than just, cause it's going to, it's going to go beyond just the first round of course, uh, because we're more than just one player away from being a complete roster. I think it's pretty fair to say, but I, it does make me think that at 14, it's looking more and more likely that it's going to be an offensive lineman. Uh, and so Christian Darasaw, Elijah Vera Tucker, 
Rashawn Slater. These are names to keep keep in mind. Uh, it's I don't think Panay Sewell will will fall, but if he does get around that you know ten or eleven mark, perhaps the Vikings would jump up. I don't know, uh, but it seems more and more likely that that's going to be the avenue that Spielman takes rather than uh, perhaps taking uh, an edge rusher or uh, another position we'll we'll see i suppose i also will add because again in line with this idea that we're not one player away from being you know a perfect roster spielman i think did mention he said something to the effect of he foresees there being you know three or four quarterbacks being taken top 10 or top 12 and that therefore that pushes several really good players down to around that 14 range and perhaps he was just acknowledging the obvious. I mean, that's obviously true. Uh, I'm kind of understanding that as, as his way of saying to the rest of the league, I'm open for business. And so these, these quarterbacks pop up into the top 10 because obviously everyone wants their franchise quarterback. Okay, fine. That makes sense. That, but that therefore pushes quality impact players down. Maybe some of those elite corners, those elite edge rushers, the elite wide receivers are maybe available at 14 that wouldn't otherwise be there. And I'm kind of seeing this as Spielman's way of saying, hey, there's going to be multiple tremendous players here. Give me a call. You know, if, if, you're, if your guy who you're in love with is here at 14 now, I'm open for business. Uh, I, th- I think is, is probably what Spielman is saying there because he's, uh, he's pretty shrewd. He, he knows what he chooses his words very carefully. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised at all if Spielman – hops back into the late teens or maybe even into the twenties, if it means picking up more draft capital in the second or third round. Yeah. It like no GMs out there just like, well, no, that's, I shouldn't say that's true because there are some people that get in front of a mic and say some pretty dumb stuff. <laughs> that's yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But, but when you're releasing information like that, you're, there's a purpose for it. And Precisely. So, yeah. Um, I like, as a fan, it feels like, almost disappointing to think about your team moving back like it just it doesn't feel exciting at all but multiple holes where they're at exactly we're like are you okay with that i am as as long as it means so if 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 the difference is uh you know having a chance to draft someone 14th overall so you get this chance at perhaps getting a you know, a really excellent player to come in and contribute immediately. That's obviously very exciting. But if you trade 14 and maybe you, and I don't know if the numbers would actually work here, but just as a hypothetical, if that means you get the 25th pick and then the 50th pick, well, now, now I get two top 50 picks instead of one top 15 pick. And that's pretty exciting to, to me in that you have now two really good chances of getting that high end impact player rather than just one. And I think that in a, in a year like this, where COVID probably makes talent evaluation more difficult, uh, having that extra chance uh, within that top tier of prospects, that makes an awful lot of sense to me. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. You're just, you're adding some more lottery balls to the, Precisely. To the system. Precisely. And, and it's easy. Well, as a fan, I suggest never looking back on trades unless your team wins on these in terms of like draft yeah. picks that you trade or at least like not yes. focusing on the players that you gave up and maybe yep. just focusing on the players you, you bring in. Yeah. Um, 
theoretically it should work out 50% of the time um, or like a team will win that 50% of the time. But in terms of where the Vikings are right now and the holes and the needs, it does as, as unsexy as it is, it does feel like a, yeah. it is a smart move. Is, yeah. is there anything else you wanted to, to mention on the draft? No, I, I just, I mean, obviously as free agency kind of, you know, there's still a fair amount of news out in front of us for free agency. And so definitely uh, there'll be more to discuss, but you know, within the next few days, we're really entering into draft season. And so just uh, stay tuned, I suppose it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I don't think that the Vikings necessarily are forced into drafting someone for need, but I think that the suggestion here based off what Spielman has said, and the the hints are there that they're going to be leaning offense early in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, lots lots to look forward to. Lots of lots of good things coming. Um, so as we transition then to the odds, it ends uh, our our Minnesota Wild update. Yep. Um, they're they're starting to establish a little bit of position in this in this playoff race. It it keeps they're they're keep pushing. Although as we record on Friday, I don't know if you saw last night the game yeah. against Colorado or, or saw that. Um, yeah, that that's a tough one. Uh, no team, no team's gonna be able to compete and have have a solid. Uh, we'll normally eighty two, but they're not gonna be able to be there for all fifty six games. But I don't know if you saw the screenshot at at eight or eight twenty one left in the first. The shots were twenty to one for Colorado. Um, yeah, it's it's like time of possession in in football. If it gets like the end of the first quarter and one team had the ball for fourteen minutes, it's like well. Of course, the team who had held the ball the entire time is doing better. Yeah, it's just yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think. I was like, I, the time of possession was kind of the the comparable that I felt where it was the closest. Yeah, um, ended up losing that one five one, and it was shot fifty five to twenty. Um, usually, when you get outshot fifty five to twenty, uh, I don't. The math on that's like basically three to one. So that time of possession, that's forty five to fifteen minutes. So if you're exactly, so yeah. anyways um that one's in the past they're they're doing well yeah i was reading today espn did a an article on the midseason report cards um minnesota scored well they, they gave the players an a um talking about kaprasov and and some of these other forwards and and there's a few forwards on the team that are in this conversation for the selkie trophy as the best defensive player which is unsurprising as a defensive focused team um, talking about right. this, the top four on defense are really solidified there with Brodeen and, and Dumba and Spurgeon and Sutter. I uh, gave Dean Evison an A minus. Um, Phil Guerin is the GM of B plus. Mm-hmm. Um, there is obviously they mentioned just the the dangers um, with the pl- uh, the power play. Uh, it's never been a strength, and it, it's not doing so well right now at, at eight point one percent. Um, you, you're hoping for higher for that. Yeah, that's but, ugly. But overall, they they were given an A, and so um, they're they're looking like they're going to be in the playoffs. It's it's super exciting. You can find that article over at ESPN. Um, Greg Wyshynski and, and Emily Kaplan wrote that. But uh, this is this is a team. They're they're we knew at the start of the season that they were kind of going to be pushing for that fourth spot, and mm-hmm. and obviously they're in a strong division with with some top tier teams here, but. They are doing well, and and it's I, I think it's a good time to be a Minnesota Wild fan. Yeah, that's fair. I, I got so these are two off the cuff questions here for Sam that we didn't prep for. Um, I think one's quite easy, and I think one's probably not as easy. So I'll start with the easy one. 
it'd be fair to say that Kaprizov is is the front runner for the Calder. Is oh, that yeah. fair? Oh yeah. Like there they there's been talk of uh Lankinen in Chicago as the goalie, but he he was a little bit inflated because they got to play uh Detroit a lot. Um <laughs> Which is a little shot at Kyle because Detroit's it's my a team. team. Yeah. They uh, they they suck, um, yeah. <laughs> and so he they were they they showed some stats of his stats against Detroit versus everyone else, and um, turns out it helps your stats to play against Detroit. Um, it's like it's like playing against the Detroit Lions. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's right. It's like when a pass rusher goes against our O line, and all of a sudden their sack totals are just <laughs> through the roof. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. My uh, yeah. It, anyways, yeah, Kaprasov, I think, unless hoping, definitely the case, but unless something happens, that's it's his to lose. Okay, yeah, and that, that was definitely my impression as well. So then the, I mean, you were just mentioning with the draft, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's exciting at, at 14 to say, you know, to get this impact player, you know, and with, uh, with hockey, the NHL trade deadline's coming up, which can obviously, it's going to be more the logistics of, you know, of all this is just more difficult, obviously, because of the pandemic. But, you know, it's it's very, you know, similar to maybe drafting that player. It's a very exciting trade deadline to bring in, you know, one, maybe two guys who can address deficiency. So maybe it's on the power play. Maybe you get someone, uh, maybe a, a defenseman to be a, you know, a power play quarterback or someone who can, whatever the case may be, address some sort of deficiency on your roster. Do you or maybe it's, it's tough to say, especially with COVID, do you think the Wild are in a position where they can maybe look to add someone to, you know, help them in this playoff push? Yeah, so I, as you were talking, I pulled up Cap Friendly, which is kind of the hockey's equivalent to, to over the cap. Yeah. Um, Minnesota's only got $370,000 in terms of cap space. Oof, okay. And and that severely limits a team. Um that's right. you're you're basically in a money in money out situation there. Obviously, prorated um, by that point, you're looking a little bit less. Uh, I don't know if there's any contracts. I'm looking at some of these guys. Like an, a, a team could be willing to take on some money going back. It means you have to give up more. Um, so it's it's tough. I my thought, and this is just honest, is that with the teams, especially Colorado and their division, you got to get out of your division. And yeah. Yeah. I don't see that happening for them. Right. Right. They, like something would need to happen for them to do it. And I don't think adding a player uh, is going to do that or a player or two. Um, they, be, the way that they are going to win is by absolutely smothering teams on defense. Right. That's, exactly. that's their best shot that they've got. Yeah. Um, but as you're looking right now, like there, there's Vegas, there's Colorado and there's St. Louis. And so they have to beat, if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to beat two of those teams yeah. in a playoff series um and the way they're constructed like you always want to give team a chance and, and add a piece but my inclination would just be you probably just roll with this team there's some young pieces there that are getting some some good experience although it is still an old team so i i i guess i'll say this i wouldn't be surprised if they go for it but i don't see a piece them that they add helping them push them over the top to right. getting, getting where they would like to be in terms of getting out of out of this uh, this West division. Yeah, I, I think that's ent- entirely fair. Like, I, I just can't imagine that they would, you know, sell the farm to bring in. And even with what you're saying, but with the salary cap, obviously in in hockey, it's 
it's way more rigid, the financial structure than it is in the, in the NFL. And so even the flexibility to, uh, to do that, it's, it's going to be difficult. And then with COVID and so I think Sam's probably, he's probably bang on there as, you know, the benefit here is for some of these guys like Kaprizov to get that experience probably. Yeah. Like they, they do have some picks to work with. Like they've got the uh, Pittsburgh's first and third uh, from, from, well, from two different trades um, right. from right. the Zucker trade. And um, I'm not exactly sure the details on the other one. Um, oh, it's uh it's Pittsburgh pick that they got from San Jose last year at the deadline. And then when Minnesota traded Ryan Donato uh, this year, that's where the pick came from. But yeah, they, the, the cap space, is certainly a piece that that I'm, it, it, this is just an impact in these sports and football and, and hockey. Um, it, it limits your ability to do this, and, and you just kind of have to work within the system that you're given. Right. Fair um, enough, man. Yeah, I I will say for Minnesota Wild fans, the their retro jersey is easily top three in the league, if not the best. Uh, I, I like Colorado's. I don't know if you've seen them. Um, while we're on retro jerseys, Detroit's is easily the worst. Uh, we're not, we're not the worst. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we're as nice as the Minnesota. I, the Minnesota Wild. Well, they they look pretty snappy. Do you, do like, you like they, the Detroit Red Wings? I do. Jerseys? Really? Do. I'm 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 very very biased. Oh, but I, I'm not I'm not anti anti Detroit retro jersey. I I think they look quite sharp. Right. So if you hold up the Detroit Red Wings retro jersey and you hold up their their practice jerseys, it's the same <laughs> picture for anyone that hasn't seen it. If you just you just Google NHL practice jersey and that's that's the that's the Red Wings jersey. Um, it is. It is. I personally, I think it's the worst. Although for someone that really likes a, like simplistic design, I, I guess you can make an argument. But um, I, I disagree. Anyways, Minnesota Wilds jerseys look great. Um, after I trashed your uh, team, are you ready for some words of wisdom? For uh, yeah, yeah, I'll try and be gracious here with the words of wisdom uh, instead of. Uh, maybe just pivot to insult Sam, but maybe I'll, I'll stick with the original plan. Uh, so Gideon. So I, I usually, usually these words of wisdom are just based off my own personal devotions, whatever I've been reading about in the Bible. Uh, you know, saying last time, it's always a hop, skip and a jump to try and make it connect to football in some capacity. But uh, if you're to go back into the old Testament and read about Gideon, he's a pretty interesting guy. Uh, so God calls him uh to do some stuff. I don't know if that's a, a accurate theological term, but you know, I love it. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Uh, God calls Gideon to do some stuff and there's some serious doubt and fear on Gideon's part. And I think that uh, when I think of Gideon, at least I, I just think of the, the triumph and the courage and leading Israel. Uh, but before that, he actually goes to God several times looking for confirmation, looking for signs. There's serious kind of doubt and concern on his part. And so the hop, skip, and a jump, there is some concern and doubt amongst Vikings fans right now uh, about the fit of some of these players that we signed, Tomlinson and Peterson. Uh, surprising moves. But perhaps as with Gideon, let's have a little bit of faith here. Uh, and let's just... Let's see. Uh, Gideon went on to do some great things, perhaps, uh, though admittedly in a far, <laughs> far less important. <laughs> uh, you you got to really hold on to the, there's a certain section of Gideon's story that is, it, that is it, great. 
and yeah. don't look at the before and don't look at the after. Yeah, right. right. It's you. Our Vikings may go on to do great things. Perhaps we'll see, and and perhaps the doubt will just be a little bit a little part of that story. Yeah, we'll we'll just focus on there's a there's a good there's a good few verses there, but Gideon, like you said, I they're um, at this point we just we're at the hope stage and the trust stage, and you just kind of have to yep. to roll with it and and see exactly. what happens. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, we we want to thank you guys all so much for listening. Be sure to stop by VikingsGazette.com for great Minnesota Vikings news, commentary, and analysis. And the Vikings Gazette can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Vikings Gazette. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk with you in a couple weeks.